How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Good morning and a very warm welcome to Keeping It Real by Caroline and Sophie. Morning, gorgeous. How are you doing, Sophie? I am good today. It's the new start of a new week and I'm excited. I want to start off by thanking all you unbelievable listeners out there. Thank you so much, everyone out there, for your amazing feedback and we're really excited to be doing this. Yeah, we're loving your energy. We're loving your support. So Sophie and I are sitting here this morning. I hope you've all got your coffees wherever you are. Sophie and I have got our Nespresso's, a double shot of the Chicolato, which um, is a wonderful espresso coffee with a little bit of cocoa bean inside the espresso with very hot, very frothy organic skim milk. And I've also this morning made for us some Irish oatmeal. Or rather, I've actually made porridge, but in making my porridge this morning, I've mixed Irish oatmeal with gluten-free organic oats. And I just want to give you guys a great little tip because it does change a porridge from being a really random, boring porridge to actually making it a little bit like dessert. So I start off by boiling probably two or three centimeters of water. Then I put in one or two granules of pink Himalayan salt. Once it's boiling furiously, I then put in the Irish oatmeal. When the Irish oatmeal's had two minutes, I then put in my gluten-free organic oats. I then let them simmer for a couple of minutes. I then put in a tablespoon of organic raw coconut oil. This gives the porridge the most extraordinary consistency And let me just tell you all, it goes in and lubes your intestines, which just keeps everything flowing. And, you know, we we very much like to go with the flow here. On top of that, I toast a little bit of coconut. I toast some pumpkin seeds. I then put on a big dollop of either organic almond butter or organic peanut butter. This is, again, one of the easiest things in the world to make at home, in your home. You literally take raw nuts, put them into the oven, 180 degrees, 10 minutes, let them roast a little bit, take them out, let them cool down, put them into a Maggi mix with a little bit of salt, let it blend for six or seven minutes, and voila, you have your own smooth, delicious nut butter. On top of that, I put a little bit of raw honey. That is what Sophie and I are indulging gratefully this morning. But um, what you guys and quite a few of you have actually asked us to talk about are eggs. So we're going to start off by having a little bit of a discussion about eggs. And I want to ask Sophie what her whole opinion is about eggs, when she eats eggs, how often she eats eggs, and what kind of eggs she eats before I'm going to share with you my philosophy on eggs. (laughs) Well, I can totally see what's coming here. I'm going to say I eat eggs all the time. You're going to go, oh my goodness, why? Because they're this, that and the other. But I actually rather happen to really enjoy eggs. 
And I don't mind if they're scrambled, poached, boiled. I actually don't enjoy fried, but I love an omelette. And I eat omelettes quite a lot because I find them just so quick and easy. And you can fill them with whatever toppings you want, whatever you feel like, whether it's mushrooms, tomatoes, cheese, ham, salami, whatever you feel like. And it's really filling and satisfying. And it's protein and it's low in fat. So I love them. My boys love them too. My favorite way to eat an egg in the morning is poached on a bit of rye bread with some avocado mushed up on top. And I'm not going to lie... I love an egg and we probably eat, I would say, maybe six to eight eggs a week as a family. I don't eat them every day, but quite regularly. Well, I'm going to share something with you, Sophie, because since I was two years old, if someone gave me a bit of yolk, I would gag. And what's really, really, really funny is that my children have been the same. Unless I do a scrambled egg, I was taught this very brilliant trick about 18 years ago randomly at a BAFTA party in a restaurant called Noble Rot where I found myself in the kitchen with Dustin Hoffman who put 12 egg whites to one egg yolk and in that combo I found that I could actually consume the yolk without gagging. I've always loved the look of a soft boiled egg that gorgeous creamy runny yolk and People who would dip soldiers into it. I've tried giving it to all my children. They still gagged. Um, But I think it looks absolutely delicious. I think a poached egg looks absolutely delicious. I've been for a long time just a white eater simply because I can't take down the yolk without... Well, it's it, it, it's a little bit like whole milk. I think I've, 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 I must have a traumatic experience from childhood. But anyway, it comes up. But I really enjoyed egg white omelettes, you know, with onion and spinach and lots of fresh herbs. I've really, really loved eggs. And then a few months ago, I came across a book called The Medical Medium by the wonderful Anthony Williams, who has gone on to become a very dear friend of mine. In this book, I reveal truths about chronic illnesses you won't learn anywhere else. You won't hear it from your doctor, read it in any other books, or find it on the internet. These are secrets that have not yet surfaced about how to finally heal, and I'm bringing them to light to you for the very first time. One of the most extraordinary human beings, um, who is also a medium through which spirit of the highest power speaks. When I was four years old, I heard a voice. I am the spirit of the most high. There is none above me but God himself. That night at the dinner table, spirit came to me. His mouth never moved, but I could hear his voice speak to me. I am here for you. I'm not a doctor. I have no medical training. But I can tell you things about your health that no one else can. I can give you clarity on diseases that doctors often misdiagnose or treat incorrectly, or they just give up on and label mystery illness. And he's actually able to scan a person in one to three minutes of all chronic and mystery illnesses. And he's got a really good recipe of how to heal. But I'm just going to read you guys this morning his view on eggs. And as Anthony says, a.k.a. the medical medium, humans have eaten eggs for thousands of years. They were once an amazing survival food for us to eat in areas of the planet where there were no other food options at certain times of the year. That changed with the turn of the 20th century, though, when the autoimmune, vital, bacterial, and cancer epidemics began. The average person eats over 350 eggs a year. That includes whole eggs and also all the foods with hidden egg ingredients. Now, the medical medium says that if any of you out there are struggling with any illness such as lymph as Lyme disease, lupus chronic fatigue syndrome, migraines, or fibromyalgia, avoiding eggs can give your body the support it needs to get better. The biggest issue with eggs is that they're a prime food for cancer and other cysts, fibroids, tumors, and nodules. Women with polycystic ovary syndrome breast cancer, or other cysts and tumors should avoid eggs altogether. Also, if you're trying to prevent cancer, fight an existing cancer, 
or avoid a cancer relapse, steer clear. Removing eggs from your diet completely will give you a powerful fighting chance to reverse disease and heal. Eggs also cause inflammation and allergies. They feed viruses, bacteria, yeast, mold, candida, and other fungus, and trigger edema in the lymphatic system. People who are diagnosed with candida or microtoxins are often told that eggs are a good, safe protein that will starve the candida and mycotoxins. Nothing, in fact, could be further from the truth, according to the medical medium. Now, he knows that eggs are extremely popular. There is a growing trend that promotes them as a major health food. Plus, they're delicious and fun to eat. If eggs were really good for us in the current day and age, though, he would be promoting them as such. What he does go on to say later on in the book is, if you are a really big egg lover, then of course you should enjoy your eggs once in a while. But eating them in the quantities of 365 eggs per year could just also be impacting your health and your immune system in a way that we haven't been conscious about. I think it's really, really interesting. I think it's really interesting to put it out there. What do you think, Sophie? Well, I'm definitely, definitely always open to hearing things, um, you know, about what we eat and what we do and what we put in our bodies for sure. And I think that's um, a, a new, different um you know, bit of information that I haven't come across before. So I will definitely take that on board and maybe do less eggs uh, in a week. But I'm not going to cut them out because as you say, if you enjoy something, then you just have it in moderation. And I think, interestingly, I did the pinner allergy test recently where you send off a pinprick of your blood and they analyze it and tell you what you're allergic to. And actually, well, not allergic to, but slightly intolerant of. Um, And actually, funnily enough, eggs came back is one of those things and I think it's because I eat quite a lot of them so I've definitely cut down in the quantity that I was eating before um but yeah I'm I'm happy you shared that it's interesting and I will definitely take it on board for sure head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Sure. As you know, I'm a big foodie, and uh, not only do I love to cook, but I'm also extremely interested in our physical bodies. It's a huge part of what I spend a lot of my time in my career researching because I really do believe that we are what we eat. And I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but the last year and a half for me have really been emotionally stressful to 
a level I almost can't put into words. The last 10 years have been pretty tough, but the last year and a half since my father passed away have been so incredibly tough and sleepless nights have become a pretty regular or were at a time a pretty regular unfortunate experience for me. But what is remarkable in this last year and a half is the fact that I haven't been sick a single time. I'm just going to touch a little bit of wood here. And I very much believe that that has got a lot to do with the fact that I have really physically taken extra care of myself to ensure that what I put into my mouth and what I fed my heart and brain with were strengtheners rather than weakeners. And I think a lot of you people out there know that this is one of my greatest passions. And it's also going to be a lot of the subjects that I will be discussing on this podcast. One of the first ones that I'd really like to discuss is insomnia, sleeplessness, having problems sleeping. When I was around 2021, I don't know really what happened to me at that point in my life, but I think I became a little more conscious around life. And the more conscious I became around life, the more sensitive I was to things going on around me. And that's essentially when my difficulties, my problems with sleep originally arose. I've gone through periods where I literally have slept one or two hours per night for weeks, even months. I go through periods where I sleep much, much, much better. But I have decided that I'm going to research the entire world, high and low, up and down, to help come up with information that can help us all. Also, all of you guys out there who are suffering with sleep problems, very recently, I came across this wonderful book called The Healing Code. And The Healing Code, I haven't got so far yet, but The Healing Code has on a number of occasions said that it will also be able to heal insomnia. So I'm going to get back to you guys on that one next week because I'm sitting here having slept probably two or three hours last night simply because I had restless leg syndrome. My left leg felt as if it was in a soda pop. It felt as if it was being fizzed. It was quite bizarre and I just couldn't really turn my body off. What I find often works is doing the four, seven, eight breathing exercise. Breathe in four, hold seven, out eight. But last night, for some bizarre reason, it wasn't really working. Um, I think I also have very overactive adrenals, which I, at times, can just allow to go on their own journey. But I do have times where I really need adrenal support. So I tell you where I'm going this afternoon. I am going to New Cavendish Street. I am going to... Ainsworth, this wonderful homeopathic pharmacy, and I'm going to ask them if they've got anything that could just give my adrenals a little bit of extra support in this coming week. I think the reason is because I'm going to Denmark. We are finalizing some very big things after my father passed away. And, uh, you know, this is just a very, very clear indication that we are what we think. We are what we have lying in our deepest subconscious. And this is clearly something that is worrying me, something that I'm a little bit nervous about. And the thing that takes the impact of these worries and fears is my body, but primarily my adrenals. So I know that I really have to take care of my adrenals. That's when I either go to Vicky Young, the best homeopath on the planet. If I can't get a meeting with her, I will then go to the organic pharmacy or Ainsworth to get a little bit of extra help from them. Okay, well, I'm so sorry to hear that you're suffering with lack of sleep because actually I find that really debilitating and I can't function well unless I've had sleep. I think, you know, when you go through times of change and I'm also going through a big time of change as well with my house move, you just sometimes need to shut off all the voices around you and all the things that are going through your head and find tools and ways in which you can shut them all off. And for me, I've just got some tools which you might find helpful. Um, I always, when I've put the children to bed, do my emails and catch up on all my work. I give myself two hours. They're normally in bed and quiet at eight o'clock. So I do from eight to 10, um, my emails. Now, once 10 o'clock comes, everything, social media, computer, everything is shut off. And if I keep it going... 
I can be awake till four o'clock in the morning, even if I've shut my computer off. If I let it go beyond 10, I mean, obviously, sometimes when you're super busy, you have no choice. But if I work till 1am, I probably won't sleep till five. And then the kids get up at six. But what I've learned is to shut down all my social media, computer, emails and everything and run myself a bath with aromatherapy oils. And that's kind of step one when I'm overly stressed and I know I'm not going to sleep well in my process to unwind. And I will literally lie in the bath and keep topping it up with hot water for an hour. And it just really, really takes away all the stresses and strains of the day and gives you that moment of just watching the water and listening to the plug and just tuning out of everything. And, you know, to make it even better, you can put aromatherapy candles in there. And the oils are incredible by aromatherapy as well. And it just gives me that hour before I put my pajamas on to unwind. Then I get into bed in always a clean pair of pajamas when I've had a bath because I am quite OCD about my bed. I like everything to be really crisp and clean. And I think that's another really good way for me to unwind is getting into a clean bed you know if I don't feel like it's really clean I might change my pillowcase or obviously I change my sheets once a week I don't know where I'm going with this but (laughs) the bed (laughs) the bed has to be yeah oversharing here the bed has to be really clean and I have to be really clean and I find that I sleep even better if I feel everything's really crisp and clean and then I put on my meditation and I do that on my iPhone next to my bed and I listen to the sleep hypnosis for deep confidence and um, it's called Sleep and Confidence. It's on iTunes and it's by Michael Seeley and it's not very long. It's about 10 to 15 minutes and it basically just completely and utterly relaxes you from head to toe and takes you through a meditation slash hypnosis where it takes you through your breathing and relaxing parts of your body until the whole of you feels like you've melted into the bed. Now that is where I stop and I don't know what the rest of of the meditation says because I'm fast asleep by that point and I listen to it with my phone on silent. I don't know how I do that but I make sure that my phone is obviously plugged in. You do have to sleep with your phone next to your bed and I know there's lots of views on why you know wi-fi wavelengths and everything when you're sleeping shouldn't be near your head but um, it really really works for me and I wake up feeling confident and refreshed and ready to start the new day and I just find that that's a really good tool and a really good routine for me um sometimes I don't have time for the bath I'll do my emails and then I'll look at the time and I think it's 10 o'clock I quite like to watch some Netflix in my bed and I will do that sometimes but I know then that I'm not going to fall asleep till 12 and 12 o'clock is quite late for me I like to normally be asleep by 11 o'clock latest because my boys wake up so early and I want to be happy and awake when they wake up and dressed um because if I leave it till after breakfast, then it's such a rush to have a shower and get ready. So I try to get up every morning at quarter to seven and the boys um, can be in my bed doing little games and stuff until I come out of the shower and then we go down for breakfast at seven. But the sleep thing is massive and I feel for anybody who can't sleep. And of course, when we've got lots on our mind and things whirling around our heads, which we all go through, it's really, really hard to switch those voices off. The other thing, which is a complete luxury and treat, is getting somebody round to your house to give you a massage. And the reason I say getting somebody around to your house is because I hate having to wake up from a massage and put my clothes on and go out in the cold and come home again. So if you've got one of those apps, Secret Spa are amazing, Urban Massage are amazing. You can literally book in a masseuse, they bring their bed. It's between 60 and 80 pounds. Caroline's asking me how much. It's between 60 and 80 pounds. Sometimes they do deals for 40 
I never pay more than £60 for a massage and I do it very, very rarely. And I kind of will counteract something else that I'm doing. So I might not go for dinner with my girlfriends. I might do a massage instead. So I kind of weigh it all up. And if I'm doing some Reiki as well, then I won't do the massage. So it's all about balance. And obviously we all live on a budget. So you don't want to splash out all the time. But the massage before bed is also amazing. But I tell you what often gives me um, the faith that everything is going to be okay. Um, my father used to say to me that his mother, her entire life said, I've never slept. I've just never slept a single night in my entire life. And the good thing, of course, is that no one ever died from not sleeping. It's another thing that I've held on to in times of real sleeplessness. Um, and again, you know, it's a very, very individual thing. There are people out there like myself who can easily cope with having only slept three or four hours per night, just to share a, a, an interesting fact. They say that Winston Churchill and JFK never slept more than three to four hours per night. However, I do believe that at certain times, our immune systems are naturally weaker than at other times. And I think it's especially at those times that we need to just be very, very conscious and aware. And what I really would like to find out is the cure to sleeplessness, because... Wouldn't it just be awesome if there really were a recipe that could work for everyone? If there is, guys, I swear to goodness gracious me that I'm going to go out there and I'm going to find it. That's one of my missions for my lifetime. That's one of my real passions is to help people feel as good about themselves as they can, as physically well in their bodies as they can, and as happy in their spirits as they can, which is, you know, one of the reasons why I wrote the book, Cook Yourself Happy. Cook Yourself Happy is truly, as the title says, and can hopefully be for many of you out there who have the book, an inspiration of how to become happier because it does in so many ways share much of the Danish, the Scandinavian mentality, which I know is one of the reasons why Denmark has been called the happiest country in the world, or at least in the top three since the UN did the first research on this in the 1970s. And a lot of this comes down to taking priority of spending time with your family, taking the time every single day to sit around the breakfast table, we have spoken about this before, and again, to meet around the dinner table in the evening, all the preparation that goes into preparing a delicious meal, for some people is a chore, for some people is a bore, but actually it can be so much fun if you make it fun. I'm going to tell you guys a big thing right now, and that is the decision is yours. You can come home and think, oh, God, what a nightmare. I have to cook again. I hate to cook. This is so boring. This is such an annoying responsibility. Or you can go, woohoo, what a luxury. I'm going home to cook. I'm going to go and make something delicious for my family. And I actually proved in one of my previous TV shows, the one I did about 10 years ago for three years called The Baroness Moves In. And that was the reason behind my very first cookbook was that you can create absolutely delicious and nutritious feasts for five pounds and under to feed up to eight mouths. So I just want to put it out there to you guys. What I'm talking about is absolutely doable and it's absolutely affordable and it can be really joyful if you decide to make it joyful. I think that with everything in life, you can either go left or you can go right. And sometimes going left means that you choose what will not necessarily make you happy, but you can choose to go right. I believe in everything, although to get there may be a complicated, painful journey, but I believe that there can be a positive outcome in every single thing. It's a decision of how you decide to bring it on board, how you decide to process it. And again, you're the only one who knows what makes you feel good and happy. 
just a little thought there on the um, cooking meals for under five pounds or ten pounds. Just for all of our younger followers who we will certainly embrace in this podcast and who've said, don't forget us because we don't have children and some of the things that you do. But there's a magnificent Instagram group called The Mob Kitchen and it's really for students and people who are new to London or new to wherever they've moved to and starting out in the world and don't have a big budget for cooking and may want to entertain as well. So it's about cooking big meals for under a tenner. Mm -hmm. And they're called The Mob Kitchen and I just want to give them a shout out. I met um, one of the guys who runs this, uh, this group and he's full of energy and so positive and he's cooking really healthy, balanced meals for less than a tenner. So check them out on Instagram, Mob Kitchen UK. I think they're brilliant. And of course, Jamie Oliver, who was the one who helped me prepare my first Christmas um, lunch. I literally watched all his tutorials and then did his turkey and all the trimming. So use the tools around you. And as Caroline said, you know, the thing is, if you don't love doing something, if you don't love cooking, if you're working all day, if you're two working parents and you both get home at seven o'clock, put the children to bed and all you want to do is sit down and put your feet up, then for goodness sakes, order a takeaway because there's no point in putting yourself under pressure to cook. And actually, I remember when I was at home with my boys when they were really little and so demanding and there wouldn't be one second. I couldn't even go to the loo on my own or the shower or anything. My boys would be literally, mommy, 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 all the time, as much as I adored being with them all day. By the time they went to bed and my ex-husband got home from work and said, what's for supper? I literally wanted to hit him over the head with a cookbook. <laughs> um, and, you know, that, that comparison of I've been at work all day earning money and I'd be like, well, actually, that would have been a welcome break for me. I've been to, up to my armpits and dirty nappies and mud and snotty noses. And frankly, the last thing I want to do is make you a delicious meal. And I actually somehow find it quite <laughs> resentful having to do that. So if it doesn't fit in with your mood and what you're doing that day then don't do it but if it does I totally agree with Caroline and there's nothing I enjoy more than preparing whatever meal you're going to cook my boy's new favorite thing is chicken fajitas and I think I've mentioned this on um, my Instagram posts and on my YouTube if my boys find things that they can construct and make on their own they tend to enjoy it more so our new thing is chicken fajitas where they add you know, the sour cream and the guacamole and the salsa, which we all make in our amazing Thermomix. But um, get everyone involved in cooking and then sit down, as Caroline says, and eat it together and chat to each other and enjoy that moment of eating food and loving life and, you know, reaping the benefits of having prepared something wonderful all together. But I do think that, you know, involving the kids from the earliest stages of preparation is such a brilliant thing and it really gets them to enjoy the whole aspect of cooking and eating so much more and I also think if you've got a couple of cookbooks let your children look through them like a wonderful cartoon magazine or a gorgeous book that they love and let them pick out what they think looks delicious and I think I've also mentioned previously you know involve them in all aspects even if you do your weekly grocery shop bring them Bring them after school or on the weekend. Really get them involved. Make it easy on yourself by doing a weekly plan where before you go and do the grocery shop, have a look through a couple of cookbooks. Decide what it is you're going to make for that week and bring the children along so that they can help throw all the ingredients into the basket. Make them feel that this is their masterpiece. And I guarantee you, you will realize all of a sudden that the broccoli that you could never get your children to eat beforehand, when they've made it themselves, they're going to want to eat it. I had one of my, um, one of uh, the wonderful people who bought my cookbook who underlined to me in no uncertain terms that it had been really impossible for her to get her six and eight-year-old to eat any vegetables. It had really been a challenge since the day they were born. And when she bought my cookbook, she involved her six-year-old son. And the first thing he wanted to make was my kale soup. And she literally wrote to me and said, I'm writing to you in tears. But these are tears of joy simply because my son chose to make the kale soup. He was a huge part in making the kale soup. And he said it was the most delicious thing he's ever tasted in his entire life. The next thing he chose was the tomato soup. And she said, it's been amazing involving him 
from him choosing the recipe to being a part of buying the groceries to actually making the dish. And then she said, now it's been a few weeks and my son is now eating everything. Just a little um, side note on getting children to eat vegetables. Harry's always loved his vegetables and has always been so willing to try new things. But Finn refused to put anything that resembled a vegetable near his mouth. So a really clever trick if you're making spag bowl or fish cakes or meatballs or whatever it is, grate a carrot and add some grated vegetable into whatever you're doing. And the other thing that they've always really loved is cauliflower cheese. So you can always disguise it in a sauce or add it to a tomato sauce. There's ways of disguising it. But I think we're going to move on now. We're going to talk about um, careers and how we've got to where we've got to and why we have chosen the paths that we've taken really and um or why the paths have chosen us in a way or our careers have kind of adapted to our life and I think there's quite a lot to do with what you want to do and what's working and what pulls you and what doesn't pull you and it's all kind of a bit of a learning curve and I and, you know I think the main thing is that you're still learning every day and still up for new challenges and open to new ideas. We just kind of had a few questions about where it all started. And for me, TV is something that I only ventured into in the last few years and I would have never really considered doing before. I basically left school, I left university and then I moved to London and um, really just wanted to experience London life. And my job at that time was working at the Honourable Society of the Inner Temple where the barristers have their inns of courts and I was organising all the advocacy training programmes that um, went on and it was a super fun job. Wouldn't necessarily say it was you know a career move because I wasn't training to be a barrister or anything but it was just the experience of being in London and earning my own money and being independent and I've kind of had that mentality ever since I left home and university and, you know, my career has taken me all over the place from there to New York, where I worked for a startup hedge fund. And then on moving back, where I worked for a huge hedge fund for five years, traveling around um, the world with uh, the chairman and organizing his whole life and aspects of travel and his foundation and everything from running the staff in his houses to managing his business diary and I mean it was an epic job and really being his right hand person which was insane and then going from that to running the private members of Annabelle's nightclub which is one of our oldest nightclubs in London and a bit of a sort of what would you call it a well it's it's London's oldest members club basically and has a huge amount of prestige and a huge reputation with it. So that was a really enjoyable, fun little interlude in the middle of my career. And then a few other little roles. And, you know, I think the main thing is to say is that sometimes we do things that are going to pay the bills and going to give us that step ahead in our careers, but not necessarily the things that we ultimately end up wanting to do. And I would say that my final role at Swarovski is head of designer relations, which is really where my passion lay, design and interiors and everything like that well I just never had the confidence to go off and do it on my own or the money and I think that's the thing is that you start out in London needing to pay your rent and survive on your own and sometimes you don't necessarily pick the career that you might end up doing at the end which I'm doing now and getting married and having that break having children gave me the time to go and do my training at the Inchbald School of Design which is where I started my interiors business and I wanted to set up my own company so that I could really be more of a hands-on mum and not have to commute backwards and forwards with a child at home. And I know that's not possible for lots and lots of people, but I went back to work after having Harry and was really depressed at the thought of having him say his first words and take his first steps with somebody else and not me. And it was really bore heavy on my heart, but I still needed to work. So that's really where I wanted to go and do something that I was passionate about and then set up on my own. And working in an interior design business gives you the flexibility of working wherever you are. You don't have to be in an office unless you're obviously working for somebody else. And I am so happy I took that leap of faith. It's really scary setting up your own business. It's really frightening because 
you don't have the regular income that you had when you were in full-time employment. You don't have holiday pay. You don't have sick pay. You don't have that routine. You have to be self-motivated and you have to, you know, ride out the wave. Sometimes you might have a huge client. The next month you might have nobody. So it can be really, really challenging, but I don't regret one minute and I'm still learning every day and I'm lucky enough to have fabulous clients and able to juggle that with being um, a mum as well. So it's always a challenge to fit it all in, but it's definitely worth following your dreams and your passions, whatever stage of life you're in. You know, you can go back to university whenever you want. You can go back to school whenever you want. There are no rules, but it is important to, at some point, follow your dreams and passions to get real fulfillment and happiness in your life. I think you're so spot on, Soph. And I also think that everything is possible if you believe in it enough and if you make the choice and dedicate the time that that it requires because of course as they say Rome wasn't built in a day and uh, and fulfilling your dreams do take time but never forget them always nourish them always have the courage to follow them because if you don't follow your dreams that real essence of deep happiness is harder to really achieve and also it's very important to remember we are all so lucky to be human beings and we're allowed to change our mind everyone out there has the freedom of choice and I think that's one of the most important things and something I tell my children on a very very regular basis you can make a decision but you can also change your mind that is one of the greatest luxuries of being a human being now my career was um a little bit different to Soph's. I started modeling when I was 15, 16 years old, which happened quite organically. My mother was a big model from Sweden in the 60s and 70s, and she was hoovered up by Eileen Ford's wonderful machine and went on to live with Eileen Ford in New York and modeled for many, many years until she met my father who wanted her to be a stay-at-home wife and later on mother. And so I guess having grown up around all these beautiful pictures of my mother, it was always a fascination, but it happened to me very organically when Eileen Ford came to Denmark when I was 15 years old and very much wanted me to start modeling there and then. My father was very adamant that that most certainly was not going to be the case. I had to finish my school, which I think is great advice, but I could do little bits of modeling on weekends and in the holidays, which I did. I then started full-time modeling after I finished school and enjoyed a few years of traveling the world and doing a job that at the time was not only fun, but also very lucrative. And it was a great way of seeing the world and becoming financially independent, which I think is a really important thing, especially for women. Having financial independence is also a form of freedom. And I think to have the freedom to be able to live a life that is honest, where you are not forced to be anywhere at any time with anyone that you don't want to be with. And I will always encourage all my three children to work and be independent. And I just think having that freedom to choose the how, the where, the why is super important. And, you know, start them as early on as possible. I remember recently reading um, an article where Victoria Beckham said that she started her children working at 16 And Brooklyn's first job was waiting tables where he earned £2.57p an hour. And I just think it's brilliant. You know, it's really brilliant getting children from a very early age to start working gently and really understanding the value of money. And work ethics, full stop, I think is super important. And I do know that there are a lot of women out there especially who, and it really breaks my heart in many ways because I know that they are stuck in marriages. And when I say stuck, I mean... They are paralyzed by fear simply because they are so scared that if they leave, that they will have nothing. And because a lot of these women have perhaps sacrificed a career in order to be a wife, in order to have children. And I really relate to that in the same way that Sophie did, because when I met 
the father of my children and my former husband, I was very much a housewife. And and then I had children. And not to say that I didn't enjoy it because I absolutely loved it. And one of the reasons why I really loved it um, was because I truly experienced my passion for cooking. We were living in Switzerland for six or seven years. And for many months of the year, we lived up in the mountains. And the only thing really for me to do was go and source my ingredients, go and buy my groceries and go home and cook. And having grown up in a family where the kitchen was the place where all the action happened, it was a place where both my mother and my father, but also my grandmother for that matter, everyone loved to cook. They had such a passion for cooking. So I've grown up around saucepans simmering from dusk till dawn. And when I found myself with my husband in Switzerland with a lot of hours in the day, and because I didn't have a job, my duties were to take care of my wonderful husband and our home. But you know, that did leave me with many extra hours in the day that that I needed to fill. And I chose then to fill it with doing my groceries and going home and experimenting with them. And it was the most rewarding time. And, you know, over those six, seven years we were living there, I really learned how to cook. I learned how to cook all kinds of world cuisines. And the reason why I learned more and more was because I loved it so much. I loved to have one whole vegetable being turned into another completely delicious dish a few hours later. That, to me, was such satisfaction because the hard work always reaped reward. And I think at the end of the day, all of us, whether it's being a mother, being a wife, being an employee, whatever it might be, the time that we invest has got to be rewarding. Because if it doesn't end up being something that makes you feel good and fulfilled and brings you an element of happiness and satisfaction, then it's just not worth it. Then you don't really want to invest that time. I totally agree with you. I, but I do have to just go back to saying, you know, sometimes we don't have the luxury of doing something that we are completely passionate about. And I've definitely done jobs before that have paid the bills in order for me to live my life. And I think I was guilty of that in my sort of late 20s when I'd done my big job at um, a hedge fund and I just wanted to have some fun. So I took the highest paid job I could find in order to go on the best holidays, update my wardrobe, buy a nice car. And I wasn't loving my job. I didn't dislike my job. I really liked all the people and um, the surroundings. And I think that's really important. You've got to enjoy your environment. But I was doing a job that was eventually going to buy me my first house. And I saved up my bonuses and I ended up buying a one-bedroom flat, which I converted into a two-bedroom flat, which I sold for a big profit. And it's all about kind of having to just go on that journey. And sometimes that journey is not the most exciting. I treated myself to fun holidays and bought myself a nice car. But did I love, was I passionate about my job at that point? Not really. Am I passionate about my job now? A hundred percent. I'm probably not earning as much money as I was then. But you know, it's all about balance. And my balance in my life now is being able to have a career and my children at the same time. And although sometimes I literally want to explode because I don't know how I'm going to juggle it all, um, on the whole, I feel truly lucky to have a job that pays my bills and allows me to be a mum at the times of the day when I feel like I want to be a mum, well, not want to be a mum, but the times that I feel it's really important to be at home, which are always at breakfast in the morning. And after the kids sort of dropped at school, I'm out all day and I come home always at 430 to prepare supper with them and then we have 4.30 till 7 o'clock family time whether it's playing games or chatting or making food or doing homework and those are the times of the day that I really really don't want to give up for my children now that may not be possible there's lots of things happening in my career at the moment which may make it more difficult for me to do that every day and it might be that three times a week I can't be that mother but on the days that I can be that mother, I will make sure that they are really, really fun and that we enjoy our family life together. But it's also about shifting and allowing different changes and changing it up. You know, I've certainly had to go through a lot of change recently. I want to invest in my company, in my roller's company. And in order to do that, I need to move house. I need to bring down my bills. 
and I need to shift things around a little bit. And, you know, because I'm now doing two businesses, my time is very, very precious and it's very hard to fit everything in. So it's all about juggling, realigning, being open to new things, working harder when we need to, earning more money when we need to, and perhaps not doing things that we love all the time. But as long as we can stay afloat and try and balance out happy times with working hard times, then I think we're winning. And I also think that sometimes, you know, Sophie's going through a big shift now and she's moving house, as she was saying, from one thing to something a little bit smaller. And I sometimes, and I think that, you know, sometimes when people feel as if they are about to have a little bit of a breakdown because it's a little bit overwhelming. What most often you will eventually find is that your breakdown is, is in fact not a breakdown at all. It's a breakthrough. And I really believe that when it feels like God is about to close a door, he will open a window somewhere. And often it will actually be a really big window that he opens out there. I suppose that I have been a really lucky potato in... <laughs> in, in in so many ways because when I was married I was not working I was taking care of my husband we were living between Switzerland England and Denmark my father had retired so we were slowly getting involved in my family's home from a distance but I could really indulge in my greatest passion which was cooking the year before my ex-husband and I split up. There was a documentary in Denmark made on my family because this home that I come from in Denmark is a castle that's been in my family for the last... Well, I'm 11th generation. It's been in my family for over 400 years. And for 10 generations, it was men running it. And um, so when my father had myself, followed by my sister, interestingly enough, I was called Carl Gustav for the first three minutes of my life. Um, it's a rather endearing story because it wasn't at the time, it was rather scary at the time. My mother had an emergency cesarean and in those days you had a full general and some of my mother's general anesthetic hit me so I was in fact born unconscious. So of course it wasn't, uh, the, the priority wasn't what was between my legs it was rather finding out why I was unconscious so my father believed for the first few minutes of my life that of course he'd had a son Carl Gustav was born and it wasn't until three minutes later that he was told um congratulations you have a healthy daughter so Carl Gustav became Caroline Elizabeth Weho. maybe that's one of the reasons why I've always been more man than than woman um, as our dear friend, as our dear friend Caroline Sanbury said, these should have been balls, not boobs. Um, no, anyway, this documentary was made because after 10 generations of men, it was interesting what was going to happen now, now that there is a daughter. So the equivalent of the Danish BBC decided to do what was supposed to be a two-part documentary, the first one black and white on the history of our family, started by a fine... Navy Admiral called Nils Juhl, who won a very important battle, the Battle of Kubukt, which was what made Denmark independent of Sweden. And as prize money, he was given our castle that we live in now, amongst other things. He was given a few more estates in Denmark. And this castle, Valdemar Slot, has run down through the last 11 generations of my family. And the reason for this documentary was... First part, the historical aspect, but second part, what do you do when it's a daughter? What happens when it's a girl? What happens now that the family name has come to an end? The family legacy has come to an end. And for the equivalent of the Danish BBC, it was TV2. They had to accumulate a lot of material, which was filmed over three months where we were followed as a family. This was basically before any reality TV had ever been filmed so essentially it was kind of the first reality tv series can i just ask how we watched that because that sounds so intriguing you can absolutely watch it but what was supposed to be a two-part series became a seven-part series because they'd followed us around for three months what was supposed to be a very serious documentary style program essentially became the first reality tv show and what was mind-blowing about it was because they'd followed us around for these three months 
you could see how creative editing can be. And this is also something that Sophie and I have experienced on numerous occasions while filming Ladies of London. I remember one of the really surprising ones was one of the scenes where there was an argument between Marissa and Juliet and Caroline Stanbury. And I remember when the camera came over to my face and I had this shocked look on my face. And I remember when I watched it and I was like, but I wasn't even there. I wasn't even there filming on that day. And it's just to show that reality TV needs to be taken with a grain of salt because producers can be as creative as they want to. They own the material. And if someone's facial expression from another day looks good in a certain scene, they will probably use it. Anyway, what was supposed to be a two-part series turned into a seven-part series. Um, What was supposed to be a serious documentary became a slightly less serious soap opera where the reality was very far away from what you were watching on the TV show. Over half of the Danish population watched these seven episodes. What my father wanted to have used as a marketing exercise because our stately home is open to the public for four to five months of every year and he thought it would be a really good thing to embrace the traffic but actually became it became so we became as a family so visible in Denmark and everyone of course all of a sudden thought that they knew us because they had watched this tv show albeit the reality was not really the way that we lived our day-to-day life but after that I was inundated with tv offers to which I said no to everything simply because I found that this was an industry without any integrity I felt exploited because I felt that I had opened up my heart. We had, as a family, opened ourselves up to these cameras. And what was incredibly hurtful was the fact that they edited it in a way to make the truth seem so far away from what it really was. And it wasn't until I knew that my marriage was coming to an end. And I knew that the most important thing for me was going to be financially independent because only if I were financially independent would I be able to leave and be strong and make my own decisions. So three months before my husband and I, we split up, a Danish TV producer came to me and said, look, I get you, I understand you, I see you and I think that I have created a TV format for you that you will love. And that ended up becoming the show The Baroness Moves In where I in... 48 hours, uh, come into a family who are falling apart. It's a rather sad, tragic circumstance when I arrive. But after 48 hours, turns miraculously into a positive, wonderful, loving, gorgeous, functional, incredible ending, which I have to say at a time when I was getting divorced, when my heart was at its most fragile and tender, being able to go out there and help other people and see in those few days that I was away from my children that a little shift can really make wonders for everyone. And it was incredibly healing for my heart. So that's basically how I got into TV. Whilst doing the three years of The Baroness Moves In, I wrote my first two cookbooks. While doing the third season of The Baroness Moves In, my production company got the possibility of buying America's Next Top Model for Denmark. And they came up to me and said, we will only buy it if you will present it. And I was like, my gosh, brilliant, fabulous, wonderful. I'd love to do that. I hadn't been modeling on a full-time basis for a long time. And coming back into that industry just felt like really good fun. But especially because being very mindful of... The whole subject of confidence, feeling good in your own skin, and the whole modeling industry has been a very disturbing industry, I think, for many parents especially, and the concern of what is an ideal body image. You know, our daughters, our sons and daughters for that matter, they look in fashion magazines and they see these stick people and... Now my daughter has anorexia or my son has bulimia and all of a sudden there is a huge storm of eating disorders because these young, very easy to influence people are are misunderstanding 
what they should look like and not only what they should look like, but also how to get there in a healthy way. So I said yes to Denmark's next top model because I found that it was a really good place for me to take all these very, very important subjects and on a big TV show watched by many people really have the chance to explain what it is to take care of yourself, to nourish your body. And you know what, if you do have those extra kilos on your body that you don't want, you know what, don't starve yourself. Don't go into any of these eating disorders, which by the way, are not tolerated in any way, shape or form in the modeling industry. But instead, you need to feed your body with the ingredients that you can digest that make you feel good and supplement it with sport, as Sophie has also spoken about on many occasions. But so Denmark's Next Top Model, a few more cookbooks, a book about being happy, designing stockings and homeware, which then became kitchenware, which then also bought with it a few seasons of Ladies of London. And here we are today trying to keep it real with Caroline and Sophie. And we are so glad to you listeners out there for having this wonderful platform where we can talk about these subjects that are super, super, super important. And both Sophie and I, I think, have been through enough in our lives to feel comfortable talking about a lot of the subjects that others don't really want to talk about. And that's also why we are so keen for you guys to really, if there's something you want to hear, if there's something you want discussed in depth, please let us know because we are here to take the ball by the horns, turn it around and face the facts. I couldn't agree more. I think the point is, is that, you know, there's no right and wrong answer to anything. And there's no, you know, what what's amazing about this whole female empowerment movement is that we really shouldn't be in competition with each other. You can be a fantastically successful model or you can be a really hardworking PA. There is no better or worse job to be in. You're all doing the same thing. You're all working to have financial independence and be successful, which gives you confidence and drive and motivation and freedom. And if you can have fun while you're doing it, then even better. And even if your fun's not had at work, have it when you're out of work, go out for those after, you know, work cocktails with your friends, go and work out in the gym, go and do whatever's going to make you really happy. But the point is, be as happy as you can be and don't ever stop trying to reach your goals and your dreams. Have a wonderful day. We're signing off here today, but thanks for listening and we send you all our love from London. Last little note for me is connect to yourself, come back into your body, And just be honest, be honest with yourself, be honest with the world. Okay, go, go hang your heart on any tree. You can make yourself available to anybody. Cause every living person knows you are a prize. Whichever way you go, I'll be easy to find. I don't ask for much, just be honest. With me I don't ask for much Be honest Think of this song as a promise You can do what you want If you decide you want to move into a new stage Deleting me from pages in your mission statement My love is unconditional, make no mistake I don't ask for much, just be honest with me I don't ask for much, just be honest with me Don't
is what it wants to be. We are free and we are having the best day ever by far. Yes, we to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 